Welcome back, everyone, to the Our Outdoors portion of your pheasant opener weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. Check it out. Hit the search bar. Look for those great pheasant articles on checklists, things to bring, where to look, how to adjust to wind and rain that we're probably seeing out there on the landscape right now. And, of course, snow. We're not having any of that right now, which is a good thing, although we have had some openers in recent years where we've seen four, five, six, eight inches of snow on the ground. So things are actually looking pretty good in comparison to some of those recent years where we've seen blizzards and other weather events come through. But I hope you're out there getting on those pheasants. You've had a morning here and uh, you're adjusting to the conditions and that's just fine. And we've got, you know, a, a great opportunity still existing. There's habitat on the ground. There are birds out there to be had. Numbers might be off a little bit, but I know rain and those kind of things are not going to keep those diehards from getting out there with their dogs and chasing after those wily ringnecks. So have a lot of fun. Season has just begun. We've got a lot of great tips at newsdakota.com and dakotaedge.com. So log on, check those out, and get set for a great season of pheasant hunting. And of course, with the start of pheasant season, we are now in the heart of fall. A lot of great hunting to be had. Those waterfowl are going to be on the move, geese and ducks. And of course, you're going to have that deer season coming up in just a few weeks in November. So a lot to see a lot to do and of course a lot to process as you get ready for every opener that we have left so have a lot of fun with that and make sure that you are abreast of all the news and for that purpose we are having john bradley executive director of the north dakota wildlife federation on in just a bit to help us get up to speed with what's happening with the federation what's going on on the landscape of north dakota and some of those bigger picture items nationwide that are influencing habitat conservation, hunting, and fishing in North Dakota and the United States. So stay tuned for John. He's coming up right after the break to get you all up to speed with those issues and more. Welcome back to the show, everyone. As we mentioned, we're in the heart of fall now with pheasant opener upon us and deer season just a month away. There's a lot to catch up on. And for that reason, we're reaching out to John Bradley, North Dakota Wildlife Federation Executive Director. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yep, always good to have you on, especially this time of year as we're getting pumped for the big hunting seasons. Let's talk about it. State of the state. What are the Federation's thoughts and relations, particularly with Jeb Williams, North Dakota Game and Fish Department, new director? What are you expecting there? This is exciting news. We have a new director, uh, Jeb Williams. We think he'll do a a great job of leading the department into the future. The Federation has had a a great working relationship with Terry Steinwand. Jeb Williams served underneath San Juan, and so we, we hope that relationship will continue. You know, Jeb is a, a North Dakotan through and through. He knows our issues, uh, and will be a great advocate for sportsmen and women, as well as the resource. I give a lot of kudos to, to Governor Bergham for making that pick. Definitely uh, someone with a track record for conservation and for hunting and fishing. Uh, one of those things that we're seeing pop up on Game and Fish's Facebook and on the website and, of course, the media uh, is the poached cow moose near Tolly. Any word from the Game and Fish on that, and how can hunters help out? Yeah, that's a, that's a sad case. Game and Fish is looking for any information right now from the public on this case. From the, the press release, it appears that the cow moose was shot several times with, you know, birdshot, which is just tragic and chased by a car. And that insult to, to injury, you know, no meat was taken from the moose, so it was really an egregious act and, and such a waste of a treasured animal here in North Dakota. We will need a hunter and landowner help with this one. Uh, so if anyone knows of any information about this case, or if they see other violations in the field, you know, whether that's the over-harvest of game, trespassing, shooting up signs, any of those things, you can use the Report All Poachers hotline and leave an anonymous tip. That number is 
9921. But individuals can remain anonymous if they choose and are actually eligible for an award if a conviction is made based off the information they provide. So trying to incentivize doing the right thing. So if you see something, say something and use that Report All Poachers hotline. As sportsmen, we police our own. We're talking with John Bradley, North Dakota Wildlife Federation Executive Director. John, looking nationally, let's talk about Recovering America's Wildlife Act, or RAWA as it's known. What is it, and how is it aiming to help recover our wildlife populations in the United States? Uh, yeah, this is pretty exciting stuff. It's uh, one of the most significant wildlife conservation bills in nearly a half a century. It is definitely the most significant non-game wildlife conservation bill. Uh, Recovering America's Wildlife Act. Is a bipartisan bill that will devote $1.4 billion, with a B, billion, annually to locally-led efforts. Here in North Dakota, that means $14.7 million to help prevent extinction and help at-risk wildlife species. So a lot of money, and hopefully we can get it across the finish line this fall. Yeah, drilling into that a little bit, how do these programs get implemented, and what would they do on the landscape here in North Dakota? So the money would go to, to fund the conservation efforts that are already laid out in the state wildlife action plan. So as you know, our game species, you know, our our ducks, our pheasants, our deer, get a lot of love and attention, and rightfully so. They're the big economic driver. They're what everyone's passionate about. Rawa actually focuses on the non-game species that are in decline. So think your your meadowlark, your Dakota skipper, all the little brown birds that that flush as you walk through the prairie. But those critters that are threatened and uh, are to be designated as potentially endangered uh, or at risk of being that would stop a lot of economic activity in our state, would, you know, hamstring our ranchers, would slow down some oil and gas development. And so we really want to try to avoid that. RAWA will fund the effort to bring those landowners and the agency folks together to do collaborative conservation uh, to bring those species back so that we can avoid any listings or we can, you know, to be business as usual in the state. Sure, and there was a big boost for that recently with Senator Kramer signing on in in support of it. Talk about how important that is to pushing this bill to that finish line, as you mentioned. First off, I'd you know like to thank Senator Kramer for for jumping on this bill. Him joining the bill as a co-sponsor is a huge win for conservationists and for keeping this bill bipartisan. We often hear bipartisan legislation if they have one or two members from across the aisle that are deemed bipartisan. Right now, Rawa and the Senate has 12 Democrats and 12 Republicans on the board, so an equal number, which is pretty impressive and hard to do. And this goes to show that even in times where it feels like Congress is gridlocked, you know, political infighting, conservation of our lands and wildlife is wildly popular and can kind of cut through the partisan politics, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, these days we need something to bring us together. We're talking with John Bradley, North Dakota Wildlife Federation Executive Director. John, out there on the landscape, things are going to look a little bit different with electronic posting for lands in North Dakota. What do hunters need to be aware of as they set out? Yeah, so there are a couple of things that hunters need to be aware of. Obviously, the first and most important is that they, they need to check now two things before entering private land. They need to make sure that the land isn't physically posted, so lands on the corners, on the fences, at gates. And they also need to check if it's electronically posted. So Game and Fish offers multiple free tools to provide that information on e-posting. There's an app. There's a digital plots map. So if you're more a uh, paper-in-hand type of guy, the week before you can print off your plots maps online. It will show that information if the land is open or closed. 
Obviously, it's a little bit more homework on the hunter part, but I've actually been pleasantly surprised at how many landowners have included their telephone number on that app. I'll give you an example. I used it a couple weeks ago. I was hunting near Wynn, was able to, to look at a, a track that was posted, tapped it, got the landowner's phone number, was able to gain access. I'd like to say I shot grouse off of there, but I was a swing and a miss on that. But the access part was great. That's right. All you're asking for is a chance. We're wrapping up here with John Bradley, North Dakota Wildlife Federation Executive Director. Got a great pheasant hunt coming up with affiliate Red River Area Sportsman's Club, their Ladies Rooster Roundup. Talk about that and some other efforts in the R3 department that the Wildlife Federation is undertaking. Yeah, this is truly the best time of the year, uh, especially for our affiliates. They're busy hosting events and mentored hunts across the state. So we have, like you mentioned, the the Ladies Rooster Roundup next week. It's a great event. The North Dakota Wildlife Federation has been a supporter of this in the past. They also hosted with the Cass County Wildlife Club a veterans hunt last month. So these type of activities are, are kind of one of my favorites to support. They're easy to get on board with. They allow people who are, are new to the sport to enter without any cost to them. Uh, but we need more than just the club to be doing this work. I challenge everyone listening to get one new person into the field, whether that's you know the duck blind, tagging along for a pheasant hunt, or even you know shadowing you to the deer stand this year for a deer hunt. You know it'll take a little bit of effort, but the reward is surely worth it. I've been a part of a couple of my friends' first you know duck and deer harvest, and honestly, it's it's better than when I've gotten my own deer or own you know ducks tupping into the into the marsh. So uh, definitely rewarding in its own right. Yeah, we thank you for your work on that front and all you do for conservation, John. It's always great to catch up with you, especially this time of year. Best of luck to you out there in the field, and thanks so much for being on the show today. Not a problem. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks, Nick. So take John up on that challenge. Grab a new hunter, young or old, and get them out in the field to have some fun this fall. So many opportunities out there right now. So get those shotguns ready. Have a lot of fun. And if you do, I'm certain I'll see you in our outdoors.